At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. We're glad you're here as we turn to the book of Genesis for our newest series, Family, Why Bother? In the pages of Genesis, we'll discover all kinds of hurting relationships that prove families have been dysfunctional from the very beginning. Join us as we uncover the only one who can renew and restore our broken families. Amen. Give it up for the worship team, guys. Wow. Man. Anyone here like cooking shows? Do we got any cooking show addicts in here? Yes, we got one right there. Man, cooking shows, they get addictive, but this is something I want to talk about. Have you ever heard of Restaurant Impossible? Have you heard of that show where here comes a guy, professional, he goes into this restaurant that has fallen apart, you know, the, the food is gross, it is, it's the hygiene, the cleanliness, it ain't there. It's one of those restaurants. Have you guys ever been to one of those restaurants? I mean, nothing in this area, right? All the restaurants are up to code, right? Uh, Hopefully I'm not, you know, making anyone look bad in this area. But the main thing is there are some restaurants out there that they don't have the professionalism. They don't have the staffing. Um, They're just, they're, they're not looking good, right? And so here's this guy. He goes into these restaurants and essentially what he does is he takes their service. He takes their food. You know, he takes their venue and he renovates everything in 48 hours, right? He takes something that's fallen apart. And, and he makes it new. He makes it successful. He helps them. He trains them. He builds them up. And then he leaves. And it's a great, great story and a great way um, to go in and help these struggling businesses. But what's more interesting is what the business owners choose to do after. And so what happens after is some of the business owners, they learn from this man. They learn from this professional. They take what he has taught them and they thrive. They continue doing what they saw, what they've been taught, and they go on to have a successful establishment. But then, unfortunately, there are a lot of the people, a lot of these restaurant owners, they fall back into their own ways. They fall back into their old habits. And slowly over time, the business returns to what it was before that man came to help them. So I know this is just restaurant talk, and I know you're wondering, okay, what does this have to do with me and this series we've been talking about, family? Um, But, you know, what about our families? How does this have to do with that? What happens when we fail to believe the promises of God for families. You know, these restaurant owners, they're one thing. They, some of them took the advice and they thrived and some of them chose to, even though they saw it, they chose to fall back into their old habits. And so that's the same with family. We, we see in the word a, a way that God has called our families to operate, our friendships, our, our mothers and fathers and children and sisters and brothers. He has designed the family a certain way, but then people fall back in their old habits and they don't truly trust in God's word and trust in his promises specifically for their family. And so when I think about Genesis and the series we've been working through and talking about Adam and Eve and talking about Cain and Abel and these stories, we get to get a a front row 
to the mistakes of the first family. We get to see how, how they screwed up and they were people just like us and they, they messed up. They made mistakes. And, and I love this saying. Uh, one person has put it like this. Jesus may be in your heart, but grandpa lives in your bones, right? Like God will come in and he will change us. He will save us. But it doesn't mean we don't struggle with grandpa's pride. Doesn't mean we don't struggle with grandma's stubbornness. And there are things in our family that, that tend to continue on through us and, and maybe through our kids. And if we're not careful, those are things that could become very dangerous and destructive for the family. And so just like anyone, we can abandon what God's design is for our homes. And God has designed our homes to be whole, to be full, to be full of energy. And so I just want to jump into the big idea really quick because I think this will help us as we continue to dig into the word. But we must trust him. And if we don't, our households will face serious trouble when we just don't believe or trust his promises. Because it's one thing to say, yeah, like I, I, I believe or, 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 or I know God, but it's another thing to take that knowledge and turn it into action in our life. And, and if we don't truly believe, then, then it's going to cause a lot of issues in our home. I mean, you think Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve, they failed to trust God and they believed the lies of Satan. Right, then you got Cain. He failed to trust God and offer a good sacrifice. And it ended up turning into him murdering his brother. And so today we're going to actually go a little further into Genesis. And we're going to be talking about the story of Abram. And how he as well faced serious troubles that impacted his home because he failed to trust God. So again, we're going to be moving to Genesis chapter 12. And if you know the background to Genesis chapter 12, you got this man by the name of Abram. He turns into later known as Abraham. And Abraham, he had many sons. And many sons had father Abraham. So the, the gist is this. He was called by God to leave his home in ancient Mesopotamia in a city called Ur. And he was called to leave his father, Terah, and take his wife, Sarah, and, and take his nephew, Lot, and go to this land flowing of milk and honey. So let's jump into Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And we'll see what the Word of God says on this. Let me turn there really quick. This is what it says. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I'll make you a great nation and I'll bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So again, he, he calls him out and he says, hey, I'm going to make you a great nation and a blessing to the world. And so here's this man, Abram, and his, his initial reaction is to believe God, right? To, to trust him. And so we can celebrate that he left everything he knew 
and went to a land that he had never seen. And they didn't have Uber, and they didn't have uh, uh, jumping on a plane or a train or an automobile, right? They didn't have any of that, right? So when he left, it could have been, I'll never see you again. And so here he goes to this land, the promised land, and he trusts God. And initially, we can celebrate that. That's great. That's awesome. But Abram was a human just like any of us. You know, so often we can take these, these biblical figures and we can, we can treat them almost like uh, demigods, right? We can treat them like, like not real humans like us, but they were human like you and me. They had struggles and insecurities and ups and downs like you and me. Abram's no different. In this moment, he initially trusted God, but then something happened, trials, and he made some mistakes. You know, when trials come into our life, it's a moment of testing, right? It's a moment where we really got to dig our heels in and, and, and we really get to see where our faith is. We really get to grow closer to God. And Abram's no different. He had a moment where there was a flaw, something in him that was just like you and me. And when he went to Egypt, this is where it became an issue. You see, what was happening in Egypt was there was this great famine, right? And so the famine was happening all over the known world, right? And, and here is, here's Abram, and like a good leader of his home, he says, I need to provide, and you take care of them. So he went over to Egypt to, to get provisions for his family. And I think in this moment, we can learn a lot. I believe we can learn three things that if we're not careful, man, from this story, if we're not careful, we can learn three things that can help us not make the same mistakes that Abram made. The first one is this, is we want to learn that when we dishonor others through deception, that's not good. When we dishonor others through deception, we see in Abram's life that this is something that caused a lot of issues for himself. Look at verse 10, and we'll read verse 10 through verse 13, and it will show us how he was dishonoring others through his deception. It says this, Now there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was severe in the land. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai his wife, I know that you're a woman beautiful in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. So this is an interesting text because it says they went down to Egypt. They went to sojourn there. This word sojourn in its original text is this word Gur, G-U-R, Gur. And what that means is you're going to a place for temporary residency. So when he went to Egypt, he didn't go there to stay. He went there for provisions to weather the storm. And actually, we don't see anything in the text that said this was wrong. We don't see anything that, that alludes to, hey, God didn't want him to leave the promised land. So here he goes up 
to Egypt, right? And, and when he gets there, there's no problem there. It wasn't that he went to Egypt. It's what he did in Egypt. It's what happened when he got there that, that got him into trouble. And, and what we see here is that he's already forgot one of the promises of God. If you go back to verse 3 of chapter 12, it, it says, I will bless those who bless you. And those who dishonor you, I will curse. So he's already forgot that, hey, God's got his back. So here in this moment, he, he's in Egypt. There's no problem in him going to Egypt. It's what he's doing in Egypt. And now he gives this half truth. Because again, Sarah was his half sister. Don't ask me why he did that. But he, it, he was married to his half sister. And she was probably in her mid-70s at the time, and she was a beautiful granny, right? She was a beautiful woman in appearance, and Abraham knew it. And so what did he do? He wanted to protect his wife? No. It says in the text, he wanted it to go well with him. He wasn't thinking about her. He, he was thinking about himself, and so we see, because she's beautiful, his, his plan was almost to like broker her off as property, and, and where was she to refuse? And so it's very interesting. There's things that I catch and don't catch each time I, I start to dig in the Word, but, but here, he doesn't just deceive the Egyptians, but there's not much well-being for his wife. And it makes me think of the illustration. I don't know if you've um, seen the movie, The Incredibles. Do we have any Incredible fans in here? Yes. So Mr. Incredible gets fired from his job. And how it works is, you know, he's upset, he's depressed, but then he gets another job. And this time he can be a superhero again. But he doesn't tell his family. So he's confident again, he's making money, his, his pants are starting to fit again, but he hasn't told anyone in his home, and so his wife starts to get suspicious. She's like, oh, he's probably having an affair. So she's, she's paranoid, she's confused, and because he wasn't truthful, he put the family in harm's way. Because he deceived and he was just thinking about himself, it actually made his family vulnerable because he wasn't protecting them. And so I want to make this all come into our homes, come off the text, and, and come into our lives. Are there areas of life within your family that you are playing the deception game? It's not that it's not fully false or not true. It's just a little deceptive. Are, are there things... That, that you're hiding from one another, attempting to cover up in, in order to protect yourself? Do you have, as they would say, uh, skeletons in the closet? That if your, your spouse or your friends or your family, they found out it would be deeply, deeply damaging. And, and so I think about this, and, and so often people, they want to keep these things away because they know it's going to hurt that person, and then time goes by, and then eventually that comes out, and it hurts them more than it ever would if you would have just said it in the beginning. And this is so important for us to remember, because in this instant, Abram, he was, he was playing the deception game. And if we're not careful, we can play the deception game. In the most subtle, manipulative ways. 
Is the trouble of deception present in your family? Today is the day to come clean. Today is the day to believe the promises of Christ. Today is the day uh, of repentance for that shame to be taken away. Today's the day to remember the power of the cross, the power of his death on the cross, and how that, that shameful act of being crucified in, in front of multitudes, that act has restored the dignity to all us. All us. We're all image bearers. And, and, and you might be like, no, Winston, you, you just don't understand. You, you just... You just don't understand me. You don't understand my story. You don't understand what I'm walking through. I I, I can't be restored. I'm not an image bearer. I'm still struggling with this. And and I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the gates of hell. That is a lie from Satan himself. Because you have been redeemed. The cost, yes, it was great, but it was paid for. And so we don't need to play the deception game. We are just called to trust in the promises of God and be honest. Be a person of character, be a person of integrity. And so we see here with Abraham that that he was dishonest with the Egyptians. He put his wife in a very bad situation. And it goes into the second thing that we need to be warned with is when we act in self-interest and for personal gain. We see in this story that Abraham act selfishly instead of selflessly. and, And he did it for personal gain. Let's jump into verse 14 to verse 16 of chapter 12 and read that together. This is what it says. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was beautiful. Actually, it says very beautiful. And when the princes of the Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to the Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for the sake of her, he was dealt well with with Abraham. And he had sheep and oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. So this is where things get a little messed up, okay? In this moment, there's this famine. Again, he brings his, his people up there. Then he acts with his own interest. He wants things to, to go well for himself. So he just, he just is okay with, with Sarah being taken. But not just that. He became wealthy. It wasn't just him giving up his wife. Many historians, many commentators believe this is when his wealth grew astronomically. The the riches of Egypt, camels, servants, donkeys were given to him. He actually made out like a bandit because he had no regard for his wife. And what's interesting is I was reading the text and and studying and reading commentators. There's no indication of any concern for the well-being of Sarah. There's nothing. There's no, maybe he felt that way, but, but we don't see it in the text. 
There's no man, I wonder, he was, you know, Abraham was distraught when she was with the Pharaoh, or Abraham was concerned. We don't have any indication that he was worried. He was like, I'm rich, you know, like, I don't know, maybe. But he made out with all these gifts, all these blessings from the riches of Pharaoh, from the wealth of the most powerful kingdom at the time, because Abram was self-seeking, self-preserving, self-interested, and it benefited himself. I've heard it said that funerals are where the vultures come out. But unfortunately, in, in, in my position, I, I've seen this too many times, where someone passes on and, and it gets really, really ugly. And, and not just great resources, small resources, small things. Many people think, oh, it's probably those people who have all these great, uh, uh, all these huge bank accounts and, and retirement funds. No, I've seen even the littlest amounts. And in those moments, entire families, they, they forget the person who's passed on and they can get estranged and destroyed simply because of material gain simply through inheritance. And the reason is, I mean, you think about this. Why, why are they acting this way? Why is Abraham acting this way? Well, why do people act this way? It's because of fear. People get afraid and they're worried. And I, I need this. I need him to provide. And we, we forget that he's the great provider of our needs. And then if we're not careful, that, that fear, it, it's going to consume us. Right? You fill in the blank. We got all ages, all generations here. Fill in the blank for the things that you're so afraid about. Are you afraid for the world because of war and famine? Are you afraid because you have your college classes? Are you afraid because of your spouse or, or your family member? Are you, what consumes you with fear? Are you fear because of the resources and the financial strength? Whatever it is, in these moments, there's fear. I'm not talking about like the uh, protective fear, like if a... a, a if a snake uh, was right here, let's say a poisonous snake, right, a rattlesnake, and, and if it's right there, I'm not going to walk up to be like, oh, Gucci goo, you know, like, I'm like, ah, like, I'm going to run, right? Uh, there's a protective nature that God has put, us, put, us, put in our souls, right? I'm not going to pick it up and, like, throw it on you guys and be like, good luck, you know, I'm going to jump back. I'm talking about the fear where we stop trusting God that he is our provider, like Abram, not, not thinking that God will protect him in Egypt. And, and then the collateral damage was his family. The collateral damage was the promise was supposed to go through Sarah and Abraham. They were supposed to have this child and the bless all the nations. But yet, she was not there. She was with the Pharaoh. And so I think with us, if we're not heeding the warnings of the story and we act on our own selfishness, what's going to suffer? Our friendships and our families. Maybe it's, hey, I'm going to work harder, provide more, there's going to be more hours, but who's going to suffer and what's going to be the cost? Maybe it's, you know, hey, if I keep investing in this resource or in this item or this boat or this retirement plan, who, who's going to suffer? We may enjoy the personal gain of 
whatever it may be, you fill in the blank. And we might even say it's all for my family. But what's it actually bearing in your life? When we fail to trust the promises of God, we so easily find ourselves in trouble. Which leads to our last warning is when we don't trust the promises of God, we inflict harm instead of bringing blessing. We actually inflict harm instead of blessing. Let's read verse 17 through 20. This is what it says. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you've done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here's your wife. Take her and go. And Pharaoh gave his men orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So think of this story. Abram is not in the land that God has promised, and his wife is in the bed with another man. And he got in himself into this. He was jeopardizing the blessings of God because of him living in fear and not trusting. But God's plans cannot be prevented. God's, God's will will always be accomplished. So even in this story, he keeps his promise. We read in, in verse 17, it shows that, that he acts decisively. Even though uh, Abram has sinned, he has lied, he's been selfish, God stepped in, and, and we read here that there's great plagues on the Pharaoh in his home. Like, you, you think about those things, God stepped in. Where, where Abram was sinning and messing up, God stepped in. And so much so that Pharaoh, uh, we don't know how he knows, but he found out Sarah, she was the reason. And so he went to, to Abram and he's like, hey, get your, get your stuff and get out of here. You know, why'd you lie to me? Why'd you do this? Why'd you bring these plagues? And, and, and I read this story and it's interesting because one, on one side, this could have been a great opportunity for him. For him to show Pharaoh his God. This could have been a great opportunity for him to show how people of the Lord live. But instead it turned into a negative experience. So much that he was kicked out of the nation. And if you look at the word, one can trace the beginning of the tension of the Israelites and the Egyptians to this initial encounter of deception. Egypt's not the enemy here. Egypt didn't cause this. Abram did. E Egypt wasn't the one that lied to the Israelites. The Israelites lied to him. And, and that caused the tension. And, and I think about something that could have been so good, it turned into something that, again, God still provided protection. He still helped him through. But it, but it could have been better if he had chose to trust God's 
promises. And when we fail to trust the Lord and his good promises for us in Christ, and we don't live lives that display the attractive grace and love of the world, it's going to be a challenge for us as well. And and even more than, than some of us might realize, our families will see it. You might not think that they see through, but they do. I'm always surprised, not really, how much people can see Christ in our lives. You know, and if you have children and friends and family, they're going to catch on to this. They're going to see whether you really trust God or not. Whether you're doing the whole lip service stuff or you really believe God and you believe in his provision and you believe that he's a refuge and you believe he's a great comforter and you believe he's the great physician, right? And our failure to believe and trust the promises of God, it, it's going to hinder us from bearing a true witness to the world. It, it essentially keeps us ineffective, Our families, our neighbors, our classmates, they can experience Christ in us or they can experience hypocrisy. We can be a bridge or we can be a barrier. Do we trust in the promises of God? You know, earlier we talked about the Timothy Initiative and the Timothy Initiative in India is led by this guy named Bijou. And Bijou has been serving in this capacity for 30 years. Hundreds upon hundreds of churches have been developed through his direct leadership. And so Woodside directly supports Bijou and his ministries. And I was reading this week his story, and this is how it went. He said he was young, and his sister became ill. She was seven years old. And she had holes in her intestines, and they were trying to figure out how uh, to help her. And so they couldn't feed her or give her any liquids as they were trying to figure it out. She was in the hospital crying for help, crying for food, crying for water. And then after seven days, it became quiet. And he said she sat up, and she looked at the family. And when she looked at them, she said, I'm, I'm not hungry anymore. I'm not thirsty anymore. For Jesus gave me grapes, and he gave me water. She said, I now am satisfied. And then she laid down, and she passed away. He said he saw that in that moment, and he was confused about this this Jesus. Then after that, his dad became ill. And his dad grew very sick, and he no longer could work to provide financially for the family. And unlike the United States, if you're in India, you know, the government will help in a different way than than our nation. And so they didn't have any financial means, and it meant their imminent death. So here, the mom realized, hey, we're not going to make it. We don't have the resources We don't have food. And so she had decided that she was going to help her family by poisoning herself and her children so they no longer would have to suffer. The very day she had made that decision, the very day she thought she was helping her family, helping them no longer suffer. And in that moment, they got a knock at their door. There was a missionary, 
And at their door, he shared the gospel of Jesus. And when there, at that very moment, the mother and the father surrendered their life to Christ. And in that moment, Bijou surrendered his life to Christ and his brother surrendered his life to Christ and decided and felt that call that I'm going to serve the Lord with all my heart. And because of Woodside, he's one of our main people we support. Because of, of those who have invested in him, he now gets to invest in India. He gets to invest in the nation because he trusted the promises of God. Because in that moment, he chose to believe. He chose to understand that when God says something, he's not just blowing smoke. And I don't know you've been hurt. I know we've been hurt. I know people have said things and have lied and not hold up, held up their end of the deal. God's not them. When God says something, it's going to be done. When he says he's going to provide, it's going to happen. And I have a perfect story for this too. I wasn't sure if I was going to share this this morning, but there was a guy in my last church and he got fired unrightly. And he could have uh, went to court and he could have succeeded. Everything looked great. And he was going through the process uh, of getting back pay and all that. And he was praying and he felt that God had said, no, don't do it. Don't pursue this. And so here, he stopped everything. He said, no, I, I feel that God is telling me to not pursue this anymore, that it's all going to work out. So then time goes on, and his, his piggy bank starts to get a little smaller, and he can't find a job that can provide what he needs for him and his wife. And, and it got tight, and he started, man, I got to trust God. I know, I know what he said to me. I know what I was leaning on. I know that this was legit. I got to trust him. Well, the story goes this. His neighbor was a widower and had no kids. And so they become friends, been by each other, been neighbors for decades. And so they would have dinner together every night. He would mow his lawn. He would take in the groceries. They were kind of like a community. And, and so here's this neighbor, and he became like a brother to him. And him and his wife, they loved on him for years. Well, that man ended up growing sick and passing away. And then he got a knock on his door. And it was his lawyer. And he said, Bob, we'll say that's his name, everything's yours. He said, what do you mean? He said, he left everything to you. He said, are you serious? He said, well, well what does that entail? I, I don't know what he has. Well, he said, he has his home. It's paid off. He has his car. It's paid off. And he just so happens to have three quarters of a million dollars in the bank. And it's all yours. Where is this guy? And I'm literally in a room with him when he's walking in and he's telling me this story. And you want to know one of the first things he did with his resources? He put thousands of dollars in my hands to give to kids, to be scholarship, to go to camp. 
he immediately took what God had given him and he blessed the world. So guys, I don't know why we don't trust. I'm not saying if I was your neighbor, you ain't getting a dime from me. No, but, uh, <laughs> or maybe some people should move in next door to me. You know, that'd be nice. But, but I'm saying, guys, why don't we truly trust God? Really trust him with all our heart and soul. Abraham was an amazing man of faith, but guess what? He was a man. <laughs> he was a human. And God redeemed that story, used him, and he will use you, and he will use your story. And there's a Lord and a Jesus that knows you and loves you. And maybe you've never met him. He would love to meet you. So guys, as we sing, as we worship, we end today. I want you to walk out the door trusting God in a new way, trusting his promises. Not just playing church, but believing in the promises of God's word. Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.